0: Indian County 911. My brother's gone. Can you be a little
1: more specific, sir? It's my brother. Who took him? I don't
2: know who took him. I don't know what. Sir, sir. Could I speak with President? Explain to me what happened. And I looked out, and there was this big red blinking UFO.
1: I can just say this: something's going on in the woods. Something's going on. They're not dogs, they're not coyotes. What could it be, right? I had an encounter with a skunk ape, and it completely altered the course of my life. I found this skull. I think you guys are going to want to come build this. Put him out, 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 out. I just see it, I just see
3: it. Awesome. it. Sightings of a UFO hovering over a barn. Millie woke up from a dream, and when I went into the bedroom, she said there's a monster on the wall. They saw that the creature had run through a barbed wire fence that they were able to obtain hairs. They sent the
2: hairs to their lab, and it came back as an unknown creature.
1: Bizarre Encounters with Shane, Boring, and What is up, guys? And welcome back to the one, the only, most bizarre show on the fucking internet. I am the one. The only, to say that again, Shane Squatch.
3: And I am Y2J, Orrin Felix, <laughs> not Chris Jericho.
2: I guess I'm just Jenny again.
1: Just plain and simple, Jenny.
2: Just just Jenny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess to get everything to start rolling and everything, doing all that kind of fun stuff, do uh, you guys got anything new and exciting you guys want
3: to share with the listeners this week? Well, we haven't had an opportunity to be assholes and film anything with our GoPro yet. So (laughs) it's been pretty quiet over here, but we do have something big coming up next week. Hopefully uh, we're going to do some recording. Um, We're taking a little bit of a road trip, so uh, be on the lookout for that. But no, not anything too much going on here this week, but we hear you have some exciting news.
1: Yes. Some very exciting news. So everybody knows, well, maybe people that are active listeners know that we have a silent co-host and his name is Butter and he is a tortoise that sits behind me. Well, as of today, the family has been reunited again because unfortunately when my uh, son was born, we needed the room. So I had to kind of disperse my reptiles between different friends and stuff. And because of turns of events, things happening, uh, I got but- I brought Butter back home, which is our one silent co-host. And now I got to bring back the other animal that I had to befriend to somebody uh my ball python medusa so now we have two silent co-hosts here so not only did this show have three co-hosts we now have five co-hosts so pretty damn exciting
3: (laughs) a tortuga and a serpent i love it
1: (laughs) and then uh just to bounce into some news and updates different things going on uh it's starting to get relatively close to it so just to uh keep beating the dead horse uh if anybody wants to come and check us out at Squonkapalooza, well 33.3% of the team, like the uh, ongoing joke seems to be. uh, That is a free event. It's going to be happening August 26th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And that's going to be in Central Park in downtown uh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Uh, there's going to be vendors, artists, crafts, games, speakers, movies, activities, live music, food trucks, and cosplay. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, rain or shine, it's going to be happening no matter what. And uh, if anybody is coming out and you guys are in particular want to come and see the Inquiries of Our Reality slash Bizarre Encounters table setup, uh, let me know you guys are coming out there because I would love to actually know some of you guys before you come out there. And then again, like I've been saying, we can have that awkward moment where I just point at you when i see you walk by and go hey i know that guy and i'll literally do that in front of everybody it'll be fun for you it'll be fun for me it'll be fun for all of us so let me know you guys are coming
3: (laughs) and on that note same thing we say every week you guys know the drill follow us on social media on instagram uh send us any emails with any suggestions for the show for guests for topics if you want to share your bizarre encounters with us uh shane's trying to combine excuse me He might be trying to compile. (laughs) Trying to compile (laughs) his Bizarre Encounters book. So uh, any Bizarre Encounters that you guys have and want to share, please reach out and, uh, again, do all the internet things. And uh, unlike
1: typical Bizarre Encounters books, I just want to throw in that uh, not only is it going to have the Bizarre Encounters in it, but it's also going to have a subsection after each Bizarre Encounter to our research pertaining to that bizarre encounter on what we theoretically think it could be different probabilities of what it could be so that's going to be kind of how we stand a little bit different than most things it's not just going to be just a plain encounter in a book we're going to do what we can as far as research wise goes behind it so that you don't just get the encounter but you get some possibilities of what the encounter may have been in the first place so going to be really cool but i'm not going to be able to do that unless you guys start throwing me some of your guys encounters and, uh, if you guys aren't already, of course, don't forget to go and follow the show on social media. If you want to get updates on anything cool and interesting going on with the show, uh, we are across social media. The one that we're the most active on is Instagram. Uh, we do have a TikTok and a disc or a YouTube now, uh, that's all under open minds media. So if you guys want to see some interesting clips of the show, uh, different investigations, I'm sure that some of the stuff that you guys end up doing when you guys start doing your video investigations are going to be uploaded on there. Uh, the TikTok and the YouTube. So go and check that stuff out. Uh, obviously, go and join the uh, Telegram and the Discord because uh, we're still trying to build those up, get some more people in there, some more interaction. And that's not going to happen without your guys' help. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, uh, there's three different awesome ways to do so. Uh, number one is you guys can join the Patreon. And with the Patreon, it's Open Minds Media, so you'll get this show and you'll get Increase of our reality. And you'll get early access to shows, live access to shows, live replays of shows, which is the video format of the episodes. Uh, you'll also get exclusive merch store discounts. Um, depending on which tier you select, there's different steps of discounts, but there's a lot of cool stuff going on over there and I'm always willing to take suggestions to keep growing that if there's stuff that you guys want to see over there. So go and check that out. Uh, you guys can also, like I was just kind of mentioning with the uh, merch store, you guys can go and get some of our awesome Bizarre Encounters and Bite Size Bizarre merchandise. I uh, should be adding a new design on there within the next week or two. I'm um, just trying to finalize it, upscale it, make sure everything looks really nice printed. Um, just been kind of coordinating working that out, but there's going to be some new stuff over there. So, and if you guys do that, Uh, If you guys don't mind sending us pictures of you guys wearing some of our merchandise, we would love to repost it on the pages, show that there's love and support out there. So again, we're not going to be able to do that unless you guys send us the picture. So go and check out the merch store, see what you like, and uh, let us know. And uh, third of all, you guys can donate to the show directly off of Red Circle, which is our RSS host. So if you guys want to support our work, support our research, uh, keep in mind that producing a podcast isn't free. We got to pay for all the different programs. We got to spend the time to research. So anything you guys want to donate is more than appreciated. And if you guys want to support the show without actually having to donate any kind of money um if you guys leave us some reviews uh some ratings uh you guys share with a friend uh just interact with us over social media that stuff goes along just as far and uh anything you guys can do we appreciate and like i said even if you guys aren't necessarily spending anything if you guys help us get the word out that's going to help to continue to make the show grow so we love you all the same for it so don't forget to support the show in some way shape or form
2: That's right. In some way, shape, or form, uh, we always want to review. But also speaking of merch, uh, you can check out Joe at Crypto Theology. He's got all kinds of cool t-shirts. So go check him out. And as always, all this shit is listed in the link tree in the show notes.
1: Go check that shit out.
2: Check that shit out.
3: All right, y'all. So tonight's guest is Phil, and he's from Exploring with Phil. He's a paranormal investigator, a YouTuber, and an explorer of the abandoned. And a lot of his paranormal investigations focus around the Bridgewater Triangle area of Massachusetts. So, Phil, thank you so much for coming on the show and hanging out with us tonight.
0: No, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. It should be an awesome time talking about the paranormal. Um, Yeah, just thank you for having me on. It should be awesome. I'm excited. Oh yeah, man! It's a pleasure um, having you
1: on. Uh, I got to have you on inquiries, yeah. which that episode hasn't dropped yet, but it will be dropping I soon know, enough. Which is
0: actually is kind of making my mind bend a little bit because, like, I, I you know usually when I'm, I am guess like a second time on with someone else, it's the episodes like are long in the past. But yeah, like it hasn't even aired yet, but like I still kind of forget. Some of the things we talked about, because it hasn't aired yet, so I haven't had the chance to, like, re-listen to what we talked about. <laughs> so, like, I'm just like, man, what did we talk about? Did we talk about this? Did we talk about that? I don't really know. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to, like, when that comes out, to compare and contrast with this episode to see if there's anything that, like, overlaps. Because, honestly, I know it was an awesome conversation. <laughs> we talked a lot about Bridgewater Triangle. We had some theories. I know we had some, like, wild theories we had back and forth, for sure. Getting into puck episode, So yeah a lot of puck wedgies and theories and dude so it was an awesome time so
1: i mean I even if it overlaps the conversation will be a little bit different even having Orn and jenny and everything yeah. and different audience all exactly. together too so that being said also yeah. if anybody enjoys this conversation always go and check that one out because weirdly enough i think they'll both be coming out the same week so
0: <laughs> yeah right so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting it'll be like uh inception <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess
1: um, the a good place to start since uh, he gave you a little bit of a bio, but anything that wasn't maybe touched in that or anything else you want to tell uh, the listeners about who you are, what you do before we get rolling with all of your uh, bizarre encounters and everything. Uh, why don't you kind of let them know a little bit about it?
0: Sure, sure. So I do weekly YouTube videos and like he's uh, or it said, uh, weekly YouTube videos, primarily I would say paranormal videos. Sometimes I explore abandoned homes and abandoned places once in a while i'll do a little bit of magnet fishing when i need to take a break from the paranormal because i don't know if anyone that's i don't know if you guys have done investigating like uh, on a weekly basis or a lot in a row sometimes it just like drains your energy it just for whatever reason whether that's the ghost draining your energy the all the work that goes into actually going out there physically doing it then editing the footage you know it's just a lot of you know work so sometimes i have to take breaks and so i'll do magnet fishing to kind of take a break But yeah, weekly YouTube videos, 7 p.m. every single Thursday, Bridgewater Triangle mostly. I do travel around once in a while. Recently I've been to Texas, I've been to Florida. So once in a while I do venture out and do some other places that um, some other people have done and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm into the paranormal, exploring and investigating and all that kind of stuff. That's pretty much me in a nutshell, I would say.
1: Well, I guess uh, just a quick question before we start getting into the nitty gritty, really interesting. Well, it's still interesting all the same, but just magnet fishing. Just a quick question. What's some of like the weirdest stuff you found doing that?
0: Oh, man, I haven't caught anything like, you know, some people like if you look on YouTube, some people have caught like safes and guns and all kinds of like wild things. I haven't got anything that crazy. I would say the most interesting or weirdest thing I got would probably be. It's probably not even that interesting. I got like an old like railroad spike. You know, still like kind of cool spike. though. Yeah, absolutely. Like a spike like that big. So, you know, pretty, pretty long. I've gotten a couple like square head nails, which are really, really old Um, near like an old nail factory. So I know that, that that's kind of like historic. I've gotten a few items that are so like destroyed that I don't know what they are. So <laughs> I know that they're really old. I just can't tell. Like they're so far gone that, you know, it's just like metal. That's like, it's rust. Basically, that's all that's left.
1: I'm almost curious wow. if by doing that you end up ever picking up any haunted objects, <laughs>
0: like two well, two birds I, one stone. I, I have I've thought about that. Luckily, I have not caught any haunted objects yet <laughs> that I know of.
2: Now, so um, for people like me who have never heard of magnet fishing, I'm not going to tell you what I thought you said. We're gonna just <laughs> do that. But magnet fishing, I, I'm picking up. Do you literally have a fishing pole? With magnets, yes,
0: yeah, and sort of, sort of, yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's basically a high powered magnet and various different sizes and different pounds and stuff like that. Um, anywhere from like a little one, like you know, probably like that big to bigger sizes and, and all kinds of stuff like that with different um strengths and stuff. So the theory is, you know, you put it on the end of a rope, you throw it out into uh, some water. Hopefully, usually, you try to go for like historical. Or a place where a lot of people litter or like cities, bridges, people things people are going to be throwing things off of. Now, whether that be like people that are just throwing things away, just objects that they don't know how to get rid of. Like, I mean, I caught like a piece of um, like a washer from like the <laughs> 1950s that obviously someone didn't know how to get rid of. They're like, all right, let's just throw it off this bridge. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So you get weird things like that. Tons of fishing hooks, obviously. Um, Yeah, so it's like... I've gone maybe like 12 times. So I haven't gone like a ton, a ton of times to find like some wild things. But um, yeah, I'd I'd say mostly just kind of random knick-knack things. I'm hoping to get like... You know, I'd love to get like a sword or some sort of like historical <laughs> artifact or something, but so far, nothing like that.
1: It hey, just to bring up another uh, great line from Always Sunny, since we always seem to be doing that. <laughs> There's a scene where he's at a junkyard and he finds a sword and he's like, oh my God, guys, I found an Alibaba sword. I'm about to cut a camel straight in the hump and drink the milk off of it. <laughs> just imagine you pulling a sword
0: out and being like, oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or like um, a cannonball or something. Cause I, I know, like, you know, in New England, they, you know, There were wars that had cannonballs and stuff. Mm -hmm. So there could be somewhere, someplace, an old cannonball that just was – no one recovered or misfired and shot into some water or something. It definitely could be possible. So um, you never know. But, yeah, that's kind of like the Holy Grail would be like (laughs) some some historical artifact or like a safe or like, you know – or, like, usually on YouTube, you'll see, like, a oh, weapon found, and it'll be, like, a gun or something, you know? Like the a cops, murder weapon? Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> oh, co- the cops were called, and you know, and you'll see the cops show up and stuff, and they're like, oh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Shit, I've even seen people that'll pull, like, uh, little, like, uh, like artillery rounds or uh, yeah, little, like, grenades too. and stuff out of there, yes. too, and it's like, I've ooh. I've seen that, too.
0: I've seen that too. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, I was like, where is that? You know what I mean? Where is, why are people throwing grenades in the water? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Trying to dispose of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I guess so. If you didn't know like what to do with it, you're like, why, what do I do with this? Cause you're not going to like, I guess, you know, discharge it. <laughs> that just makes cool, me yeah. wonder though, if you found some super deep
1: water that was in the middle of nowhere, even like a river or a creek, you'd probably find some really good items that people were trying to hide.
0: Oh right, for sure, cars, stuff like that. I mean, who knows? No, know. <laughs> we used to
2: we used to have a metal detector, and we'd take it to the beach and play with it. And unfortunately, the only thing we ever found was like beer cans. So oh, you know.
0: yeah, yeah, I have a metal detector too. In Massachusetts, there's like you can do the beach, and like that's pretty much about it. Unless yeah. like it's your private land or something, or you have permission from the owner to like do it or whatever. So it's just almost impossible to find anywhere to do it. But yeah, I do have one as well, but, like, I hardly use it, unfortunately. So, I mean, even at
1: the beach, though, it's like you're lucky if you find coins because half the coins now aren't, like, magnetic or whatever, right. so they don't, yeah, like, yeah. pick so up they correctly.
0: Won't even, it won't even, it won't even being right. Yeah, yeah, so you won't even know it's, yeah, it'll be something, yeah, like she said, like a tin can.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess kind of getting into all of your paranormal and your really interesting uh, investigations that you've done, um... So, like, what got you started rolling? What what got you interested in it? Uh, what got you to the point where you wanted to start a YouTube channel? Like, where where did all of it start for you?
0: Well, I guess my interest in the paranormal probably started when I was a child. Obviously, I loved Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was probably, like, the biggest, you know, probably the first, like, ghost movie where, you know. I mean, there was other scary movies before that. But it was sort of like the first family movie that everyone was like, oh, wow, yeah, Ghostbusters, cool. So that's what, like, the fir- my first experience was probably Ghostbusters. Even thinking about ghosts or anything like that. Then shortly around that time period, I don't, I can't say if it was right before Ghostbusters or after, but it was definitely that time period because I was only about four years old. I had my, my first paranormal experience in which it was an apartment we lived in. On the second floor is just my parents' bedroom, and then on the, on the first floor is the kitchen, living room, my bedroom. So... I'm upstairs in my mom's and dad's bedroom by myself. My mom's downstairs in the kitchen. My little brother's just a little baby. He's down there with her, you know, in a little baby thingy or whatever. They're doing whatever. And so I'm upstairs playing around, doing my thing. And then all of a sudden I hear uh, glass break and then, like, people talking back and forth. I'm pretty sure it was a female. I can't 100% say who it was because it, I was very young. I don't really remember what they said. All I know is I heard glass break and I heard people talking, so... I got scared and I run downstairs. I tell my mom that I heard glass break, and you know I, I heard people talking. We'd go upstairs, you know there's no one there. Obviously, nothing. You know nothing. Nothing ever happened. I didn't see anybody after that. Couldn't explain it, um, but it definitely stuck with me for a while. Because uh, shortly after that, my birthday was. Um, we had I have a birthday video from that next birthday that was maybe a few weeks, a month after that happened that experience. And I had must have tell- told my cousins about the experience because they were making these like whistling noises and pretending it was a ghost, and we were <laughs> running away from the ghost and you know different rooms and stuff. So obviously it had stuck with me that long that I had like I had talked about it to them and it was like, oh, I had you know I saw a ghost upstairs, you know, you know, or I heard a ghost upstairs, and, you know, da 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 da. So um, that's probably what got me into the paranormal as far as like when I was a kid, like interest wise, and then that kind of blossomed when I saw this little. A book series in the library uh, about like different war books because my dad was like in the military when I was a kid and I loved G.I. Joe so it was like very natural thing for me to be like oh these war books let me look at these and so I, I got through the whole series and the last book it was all like, mostly pictures so that's why I liked it as well. Because I could just flip through the pictures and be like, this is great. This is the best book I've ever read. You know, just like looking at the pictures, you know. And then <laughs> get to the last book in the series and it's like the ghost of Gettysburg or the ghost of battlefields and da da da. And so I'm like, oh my God, like in my little head, you know, I'm like, oh my God, ghosts aren't just in movies. They're like, they're real, you know. And here's a book saying that they're real, you know. And it kind of just affirmed like what I had thought anyway. And then, you know, my, my parents had also had these. Um, Paranormal things that had happened to them when they lived in this house, which they had also talked about. It was kind of like a family story that they had always talked about. Um, You know, so that's kind of like how I got into paranormal. Fast forward to an adult. I guess before I started my YouTube channel, I was always interested in obviously the paranormal, but I started getting interested in like abandoned buildings and kind of exploring and lost history and that kind of stuff. And I always thought, man, I could could definitely do a YouTube channel and just didn't really do it. And then I had finally did an investigation in the town I live. They have a town hall and it's haunted. So they'd have like this ghost thing that they do. And so they have people come in, you can go, you pay some money and then you can investigate the town hall. So I did it. And I was like, Oh man, I had so much fun that I was like, it convinced me to go out and go. And at that time in 2021, Randonautica was still like sort of popular. Do you guys know what Randonautica is? (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm familiar, but I guess they aren't, and the listeners talk- aren't. We talked about this before, right? Okay, I thought me and you had talked about it, but okay, so what random, it's kind of definitely weaned in popularity. It was kind of like a hot fad. So it came out in 2020. It's an app on your phone. You can download it, and it's an app that will take your own intentions, and you, you open the app, you give your own intention, you press this button, and it will give you a GPS coordinate uh, based on your intention on the radius that you set. You
2: know, oh, I think so, we might have. Yeah, I think we might have talked
3: about this on a previous episode. It, it was okay.
1: Dan from the Coon Hunting Confidentials. That was how he found that one area where he kept hearing that grunting up in the tree.
3: Okay, yeah, and I just couldn't Dan. remember really? the name of the app.
1: So he used Randonautica to find that. That's interesting. Because he had That's no intention when he used it, and then he just went to this location, really? and he, he, he believes that there was like a Sasquatch or something up in the tree, or a Dog mm-hmm. Man or something up in the tree, because he kept hearing sure. this really heavy. Breathing and he couldn't quite figure out where it was coming from and it was the middle of the night And he also said there was this weird tree when he went back the next day That was basically hollow on the inside where you could stand inside of it like a full-size man and not be seen and He's yeah. pretty sure he ended up having some type of weird cryptid encounter by just following this random Thing because he was coon hunting That's in the middle of the night so and before he went home He was like fuck it I'm just gonna do one and he did one that we said it was like three four o'clock in the morning and Yeah, had had that experience
0: <laughs> Wow, that is wild. So Randonautica, so that's a, that's <laughs> the very same app. So the app got famous in 2020 because a couple teenagers in Seattle used the app and they used the intention of death, right? And so the app took them to a location on the side of a lake that led them to it was almost exactly where their point was. Maybe not exi- like point by point exactly where it was, but it was almost near it because they go down exactly where their point's going to be and they see a suitcase down there, long story short. They call the cops because the suitcase smells and stuff. The cops open the suitcase, two dead bodies inside the suitcase, um, So, which is really, really weird and creepy. So that's kind of how the app got famous is because it's actually – it's like a real thing that actually did happen. You could look it up. It's a story. It's a real news story and all that. So that's kind of how it got like the negative attention because this it did happen. It, it these, took these teenagers to this. Their attention was death. It took them to death. So that's kind of how like the paranormal negative. And so then you had all these people making these like sensationalized videos of Randonautica on YouTube. You know, some, most of them are just fake kind of like, you know, horror style kind of videos where people are chasing, out, you know, people are chase. you know, you go to a point and there's like a cult people out there chasing you and, you know, that kind of like YouTube video. Um, so most of, if you look up Randonautica videos, um, viewer beware is all I would say about that, but. Yeah, so I, I, as far as to get back to my story, Randonautica, I started. I wanted to know what was going on with the app. I wanted to know whether or not it was actually evil or it was just, just some sort of random happenstance because I'm obviously watching these people's YouTube videos being like, what? I was like, what's really going on? Are these people, you know what I'm saying? So I was mm-hmm. like, I have to do it for myself. So I went out and that's kind of how I started doing. I started just doing Randonautica videos and then that kind of changed into, well, if I'm doing Randonautica videos, why not go to like Paranormal Hotspots Because there's already weird things happening there allegedly. So, why not use the app and use paranormal intentions uh, in these areas? And then I started doing paranormal investigations while playing Randonautica as well in these spots. And then I kind of started dropping the Randonautica and just started doing like the paranormal stuff and exploring, you know, abandoned buildings as well and all that stuff. So, now I would say I don't really do Randonautica really anymore at all. I kind of just do, you know, paranormal investigations, exploring. Sometimes I do vlogging as well. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at now, I would say, but that's kind of like the journey that got us here, I would say.
1: Did you end up ever actually finding anything, uh, with using Renonautica, even like good paranormal oh, locations yeah. with high activity? Oh or? yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Actually the last time I used it, I'll tell you a, a cool story because actually this is literally the last time I used it. It was after when I was on your show, I'm pretty sure I told you about the, the entity experience with the come see and mm-hmm. like coming into the in the woods and all. Okay. I won't go into that story, but after that first initial experience I ever had with the beeping and the loud noises in the woods and stuff, I had taken a break, and I did a randonautica point, and it took me to the, like, not very far away, like, the opposite side of kind of where I was. And so I go over there, and, like, I don't, something in my mind was like, oh, man, because for many times in the uh, – let me backtrack a little bit. I'm also talking about the Huckamuck Swap, too. I'll bring Mm -hmm. up the Huckabuck Swamp a bunch, but it was in the Huckabuck Swamp where this happened. So I do the Randonautica intention. Um, I think it was just um, paranormal. I didn't even do anything like crazy, just paranormal, it takes me to this point. And then I'm thinking in my head, I was like, oh yeah, I keep on getting the Bird Bank response removal here. Many times I've gotten it. And so I'm like, I kind of like put two and two together in my mind and I'm like, well, let me just ask. I was like, who removed bodies from this swamp? And without skipping a beat, boom, it says which in my spirit box. (laughs) Which is, you know, interesting because it's like, okay, it's kind of unprovoked and, and like, you know, it's like, okay, so there's so many unanswered questions of that. And so um, that, I would say that that's, that was the last Randonautic intention I did. So yes, to answer your question, it did take me somewhere interesting because then I, I got that response only because I had went to that spot where Randonautic had taken me there. But as far as like a physical item um the pants is probably the weirdest thing I, did i tell you about the pants i don't believe so show or no but i mean okay. even so even if you did there's a totally you, different audience did, i'm I'll sure they'll it anyway it. because <laughs> the pants one is really weird so i have a randonautic intention and, it, and my intention was something lost right and so i i go out into the this little like nature preserve area because usually when i play when i used to play randonautic i used to try to go to like nature preserves or places where I could access everything because Randonautica sometimes it'll just take it'll just give you a random point sometimes it's like somebody's backyard or it's you know somewhere where you're not supposed to be so like sometimes it'll be annoying when you're playing You're like okay I can't go there I can't go there I can't go here whereas like if you're in some sort of area where you can access everything it's a lot easier because you can go everywhere you know so I go to one of these nature preserves something lost that's my intention I start going through the woods And believe it or not, it takes me to the spot where there's just these random pair of women's pants just laying on the side of like a rock or something and they're wet. And so I'm like, I was like, well, that's definitely my attention. These pants are definitely lost. That's for sure. And then my head starts thinking, I'm like, well, like, why would why would a woman take off her pants and not put them back on? You know, that was like, that's kind of weird. Uh, You know, and then again, who's if she did take off her pants, does she have backup pants or, do you know what I mean? Like there's so many, unt- like, what? Like, She's actually skinny dipping pants? and you just stole her pants? <laughs> possibly, possibly, but I'm like, there's no like pond right next to it. It's just like in the middle of a trail in the middle of the woods. It's not like, it was just weird. It's definitely
1: weird. Well, you don't want to you know? leave your clothes next to where you're skinny dipping. Otherwise they're going to know you're there.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Yeah, there were women's pants. I forget what size they were. I was like, I have to see if they're women's or men's. Um, but yeah there were women's pants um Uh, to me that sounds a whole lot like
3: a lot of the missing 411 type stuff where like people will search these areas where children or people go missing and not find anything and then you know months later in an area that's already been extensively searched they'll find like a pair of pants or shoes or something like that uh so as soon as you said that that kind of tipped me in that direction especially with you talking about like nature preserves and things like that so uh,
0: i think that's pretty cool the weird very weird and not only mm-hmm. that same day one of my other intentions was something strange and it when i first walk into this place there's a woman and maybe this is like a real thing and it's not as weird but it was kind of weird to see randomly so i as like i said my attention something strange i go walking in and she's mm-hmm. There's a woman who's got her back tor- turned towards me, but she's like facing a tree, uh, uh, you know, just a regular tree. But like awkwardly f- close to the tree. Do you know what I mean? Like so close that you're like, why is that girl like standing so close to that tree? Like some Blair saying? Witch Project shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as if she's going to turn around and like, you know, you know, have like black eyes and like you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and so I'm like, what is she doing? What is she doing? And so I'm, I'm watching her, getting closer, trying not to stare at her. But I'm like, I have to see what she's doing. So I'm like, and I get closer and closer. It looks like she's like touching the tree or something. And so I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. And so um, I loop back around. I, I kind of walk past her, go up and go around and come back and she's gone. And so then I look down, I look, oh, go over where she was standing next to this tree. And below where she was standing is like a banana, an orange, uh, like just fruit, like almost like some sort of fruit offering or something.
3: <laughs> and I just,
0: I just didn't know. I didn't know enough about, like, what religions out there, like, some sort of tree religion or nature religion or something. She could have been leaving something for something. Sasquatch. Or, so- or like, uh, maybe, or, or something, or I don't fey know. Yeah. Yeah. Or the sure. for the right. fae. Possibly, possibly. It was just a very weird occurrence, you know. I'd never seen anyone do that before, that's why I was like, and my attention was something strange, too, so I'm like, that is something strange. <laughs> not normal, I've never seen that before, so, like, it's definitely strange. I, honestly it makes me think i was like i to, i want to go back there now and see if there's still like fruit there to see if this girl's still doing that you see know, if there's I footprints want- or anything nearby
1: too always worth checking around see if i mean whether it's dogman footprints or whatever because,
0: right in the bridgewater triangle we do have fae Folk type creatures that are up here puck wedgies, we were talking about them they're considered fae Folk kind mm-hmm. of yeah, creatures or something so it's not a little realm of possibility that someone up here would you know be leaving some sort of offering to something like that. So it's definitely possible for sure. Wow. That's um, really cool. Yeah. We've been, Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's it. I was just, that was it. I, sometimes I just, you know, if I, I'm just like, say, yeah, okay, here we go
3: <laughs> but no, I was just going to say, you know, we've kind of been talking about the faith folk and stuff like that a lot in our recent episodes. It seems like it's just come up again and again here the past few weeks. Um, we did an episode last weekend that we recorded, hasn't aired yet but we talked about like fairy circles and things like that a lot in that episode so it's kind of just an odd synchronicity to have excuse me synchronicity to have you come on and talk about kind of those same things so it just seems like a lot of stuff has been lining up with our subject matter and our discussions here on the show recently
0: yeah that is weird and that is strange and i didn't know that so for Mm -hmm. me not even to know that to bring it up is very interesting too well, I guess sure, that's just a, the timing because this was bu- honestly this was booked months ago also so, yeah, we booked this listening. before we
1: even did inquiries we we booked both of them I think, yeah, at the same right. time
0: like uh, whenever after, after Tony's episode so that was <coughs> a oh, god May or April or something whatever it was it was a while ago mm-hmm. you know whatever it was months ago so yeah goes the choice synchronicities it's, <laughs> well, that's what Randonautica is kind of like about too is that kind of like synchronicities using your own attentions and kind of like that kind of quantum world is you know it's quantum computers are so weird I don't know how they work or whatever but it is it is weird it's just like AI too man that AI stuff <laughs> I use AIR all the time now in my like videos just because it, it's copyright a uh, copyright free <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, you know and it's you know what I'm saying so you just type in a couple words and you're like yeah it's and it'll just, write it's something mine now <laughs> for you. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's like oh it's mine now you know what I mean so yeah um i've been using a lot i don't know have you guys been using like the ai art in your like cover photos or anything Mm -hmm. like that i mean depending on what they are um i have
1: used it for a couple different designs if it's not stuff that i can typically incorporate but a lot of the cover art that i do is all like uh historical photos stuff like that so it's all like uncopywritten stuff to begin with you know like i'll look up old pictures of sasquatch stuff like that but when, when i get to a fault for ends like you
0: got no other choice. It's either copywritten photos
1: or use AR art, and it's like, oh, let's do right. some AR That's art.
0: Exactly, exactly that. Especially in some of my case, I'm doing a lot of like um, early Native American King Philip's War 1600 stuff, and believe it or not, there's no photographs from back then. So <laughs> you're lucky <laughs> if you find one old art. painting. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, right. You're lucky if there's one like painting about something that might have happened. So. AI's been great as far as that goes. Kind of like just making up, you know, pictures when I need them as far as that goes. I just did it in my last episode that came out for an urban legend that I did. Um, just because it's one of those urban legends that's just so old, there isn't anything on it. You know, it's one of those urban legends that I literally found out about a week ago. You know, just because someone randomly was like, hey, check this out. And I was like, oh, I happen to see it. It It's like there's so many urban legends out there and tales and all these things in America that are like on the cusp of like just being lost forever. Just because... There's so many like, stories out there that like, there's so many that just kind of get lost by the wayside, and yeah, it's just weird how that works. I've, that's one thing I've noticed recently. Well, and for the sake of
1: trying to keep folklore in rotation and putting it into multiple places sure. so it gets kept, since it's fresh in your mind, why don't you share it on this show? And again, we can maybe spread it back into the ether so more people know about it, and it won't be forgotten.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so my last video I did, it's The Legend of Great Rock, and it's uh, about a Native American named Mondu Min. And this is a legend that happened they called it the Great Age so like long long time. this is well before the pilgrims showed up this is like at, at the height of Native Americans so I don't I can't give you a year but it, ancient times so there was this Native American named Mondu men great hunter great warrior lived a long time he gets to the end of his life he can no longer hunt for himself anymore um, this great storm sh- comes and uh, he cries out to uh, his the great Spirit which is their God. And says, hey, I need help. I need you to provide for me. So a partridge gets entangled in his wigwam, basically, you know, what they live in.
3: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And he's like, great, this is awesome. Now I can, like, survive, you know, and live. And so just he cooks this bird and all this stuff. And uh, just about he's about to eat this bird, he hears a woman crying outside of his wigwam. And she's been displaced from the storm. She's also starving. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to give this food to her instead. So he gives it to her. She survives the night he does not survive the night, and um, they bury him, and where he is buried is where the first crops of corn grow and so that is <laughs> the legend of Min. and so you know it's pretty it's pretty little cool story, like I said, it's very short you know but very cool little like urban legend you know or myth legend of about this Native American um so where he allegedly lived was great rock, and so it's just this basically pudding stone type of stone. Basically, just got kind of like a bunch of rocks, if you can imagine it. Just kind of like a bunch. Not even like that high up, just kind of like an area where – and this is allegedly where he lived. So I tell the story and all that stuff, and then I do like – I did like some paranormal investigation. Um, Kind of like trying to make contact with either – to see if this guy even existed at all. You know, is there – because usually with urban legends, there's probably like a little bit of truth to it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So this guy probably did sacrifice himself somehow for some woman or something. And then, you know how stories get over the years. So, I, did, I, wrote, I wrote a couple of these down because I thought they were interesting. So, I asked, um, uh, the first thing I asked, uh, Mondu Min, are you here? And then they responded, this is a Spirit Box now, uh, Mondu Min, are you here? They said, used to be, which I think is interesting. So, it's like, oh, okay, cool. So, I'm like, Mondu Min, are you here? I ask again. And th- this is a little bit later on. He's like, uh, they say, he is. I mean, he is. That's him. And so I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, he's here. I was like, that's pretty cool. I was like, yet again, confirmation, like, oh, this dude, like, really does exist. Um, And then, so then I asked uh, to try to confirm that if it's really him. I was like, hey, did you give the female a bird to survive? And then he said, you're not far off. Or you're not far. (laughs) So, like, kind of like, you know, obviously I cannot prove that it was Mondoomin. But here is a spirit responding to me as if it is Mondoomin. And so I thought that was interesting. There was a bunch of, like, weird little things that happened. Um, in this video, um, one of the things I think is really super, super interesting, talking about synchronicities, um, I asked a question because I got a word bank response, hiding, and then a little bit after that, trees. And so I'm like, well, who's hiding in the trees? Who's hiding in the trees? And so then it, I got a spirit box response that's named two names, uh, one name, first name and last name, George Denson. And right, you guys are like, who? I don't know who George Denson is. That's not really a big deal. Who cares? What's actually really weird is because two videos ago, I was doing a, a video in Halifax, Massachusetts on King Philip's War. And I was talking about an urban legend about a man that was killed by Native American uh, Wampanoags shot in the back uh, on the attack of Middleborough in 1675. His name, George Denson.
1: <laughs> That's wow. super weird. S- That almost makes you wonder if maybe it's possible that maybe that spirit followed you. Because there's a, I don't know if it's particularly Spanish folklore or Mexican folklore, but they have the whole idea that the reason they do the Day of the Dead, all that, is because if you forget somebody, then the spirit dies on the other side. So if this guy is an almost lost urban legend, you know, the guy could almost be theoretically like on his way out, not have much energy anymore, or maybe they're saying he used to be here until people forgot him, and maybe bringing some of it up, maybe could possibly give it strength i don't know if that would i I think possibly if people started remembering that person if that spirit wasn't fully gone maybe it can like re-manifest itself or maybe again it was somebody that was following you from a previous investigation saying that he used to be here but he was forgotten so his spirit died off if you are going by that method of folklore
0: right yeah i mean either way it's it was weird definitely unexpected too i wasn't even thinking about george jensen that was the last thing i was thinking about so when i got that in the evidence i was like oh man that is so weird so weird there was like a lot of like weird things like that that happened in this video um another cool little moment um i don't know who this boy was i was imagining it was a boy i don't know why but i got the word bank response edmund which is a name so i was like hey i was like can you say your name in the spirit box and then it did it said edmund and so then i I go to shut off the spirit box and i catch an evp right after it goes off and it says stop so it's like, I don't know if I'm, I'm assuming it was someone else and I don't know why they're saying stop. I don't know if they're saying stop to Edmund. I don't, who knows? I don't know. Just kind of a weird, just kind of a weird experience, but yeah, just, um, a cool little urban legend. Definitely a lot of like weird, strange things happen there. I also got, when I was, I got, when I got was talk about the hiding in the trees part, I asked twice, I asked again, who was hiding in the trees? And the last response I got was giants. Huh. <laughs> Talking about, you know, since we're talking about, like, Fay Folk and that kind of thing, which I thought was interesting. And not only that, I'm glad I, glad I said Giants because something else, like, popped in my mind. So another response we got because I was like, are you guys mad that I'm here or anything like that? You know, upset that I'm here, that kind of line of questioning. And they said no. A deep voice says no. And then there's a female that says we're all one creation. And then there's a, that same deep voice says mm. Or something like that, <laughs> kind just of agreeing. like you know, agree, <laughs> agreeing, but like I they didn't seem too pleased about it. <laughs> that's, that's the way I took it, but he was agreeing, though. He was like, mm, Yeah, and so weird, you know. I don't know who these people are, I don't even know if they are people, you know. I, I don't know what they are, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, interesting responses, you know. I just, yeah, it's just weird. I like, can't prove who, what they are, but um, like I said, since we're talking about like face stuff, um. Mm-hmm weird you know it could very could very well be them talking or different entities talking other than human for sure well
3: and that's kind of an idea we've thrown around on the show a lot too is i think it's possible that a lot of stuff that gets lumped into like a ghost or haunting type scenario could be more of this fey folk or ultra terrestrials or whatever this other thing is and people you know just don't have the vocabulary to describe that and say, oh, it's a ghost or it's a demon or something like that. And I think whatever, you know, fairies or these ultra-terrestrials ultimately are could be responsible for a lot of this kind of activity.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you're right. There's definitely multiple kinds of entities out there. There's definitely, at least in my experience, the very limited experience I have, like paranormal investigating, I've definitely come across people many times but I've definitely come across puckwajis before. I've definitely come across other things, but I don't really know what they are. Um, another thing that happened in this last video, I asked if there was any angels there. And without skipping a beat, the first thing they said, demons. And right <laughs> after that, I said, is there anything evil here? And then they said no. So it's like, they could just be messing with me or just word association kind of a thing. They're, I'm like, angels, they're like demons. You know, who knows? I don't know. Because it, it, it did seem like there was people there as well. Because at one point, I asked, um, I, think, well, I can't remember what I asked, but one of the, one of them said bitch. And then the other ones, one of the, <laughs> one of the other ones was like, stop it, Steven or something. They were like telling him to stop. You know what I mean? so <laughs> there could have been people there as well, just kind of messing around as well. Um, yeah. Cause I didn't get any like bad vibes there or whatever, but I did get a couple weird things that seemed to be not people for sure. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think they were necessarily demons. It didn't seem that way, but, um, just weird though. Definitely a weird, a weird experience and a, and a place I did not expect to be as haunted as it was. Here's like, you know, like I said, an urban legend that I've no one really barely even knows about, you know, just kind of and then you go there and then it's just like packed full of all this paranormal activity. It's definitely interesting. Sometimes like the places you don't expect are like the most haunted places that you could ever go to. You know, it's just weird how that works. But like I've been to so many different places in the Bridgewater Triangle that are, are not like the most common well-known places and I've had some wild things happen there. So
1: see, my question is this kind of pertains to a lot of the stuff we talk about in the show with uh, people going to specifically like haunted locations that I've wondered if, there's so much traffic in an area that people are just like messing with the ghosts. Like it's not peaceful for them anymore. So they leave those areas and that's the reason why the less known places are the more haunted ones is because that's a place where they can have peace and silence not have to worry about people showing up and essentially asking them to do parlor tricks, like slide this to the left, do this, answer this question for me. So like even just as a normal person, if a place becomes heavily populated and there's always people coming there to like watch you like a zoo, of course you're going to eventually leave. So I mean that, that could be part of it. And also kind of leading into stuff because I definitely want to get into uh, some of your Pukwudgie stories and stuff. Um, you, obviously, uh, we know what the Puk, uh, with the Bridgewater Triangle is and what the Huckamuck Swamp is because we do research and all this stuff. But uh, for all the listeners that might not be familiar with that terminology and what these places are, uh, why don't you kind of let them know a little bit about them and what exactly like the, the backstory is to them.
0: Sure. Uh, so the Bridgewater Triangle is a Triangle Agent area in southeastern Massachusetts that has a varied number of paranormal claims that have happened. Basically, honestly, if you name it, it's probably a claim that it's happened here. You know, we're talking UFOs, obviously, ghosts, spirits, pukwudgies. Pukwudgies are a small, uh, troll-like creature, anywhere from two to four foot tall, completely covered in hair, can disappear and reappear at will, um, are known to play tricks on people, also known to either lead people to um, to their death or the opposite of that and lead them out of danger, um, which is, I think, a very weird, you know, <laughs> two, two very opposite things. You feel like that wouldn't be the same thing, but allegedly it's the same thing. So they got the puckwudgies, There's Thunderbirds, um, you know, giant snakes as big as stovepipes, unusual animals of unusual size, animals that aren't supposed to be there that are there, you know, Black Panthers, all, like, anything you can think of. Obviously, um, Bigfoot, multiple settings of Bigfoot, Dogman, um, you name it. And this basically has happened in the Bridgewater Triangle. There's probably, I would say, two popular hotspots. I would say the heart of the Bridgewater Triangle is definitely the Huckamuck Swamp. One of the most haunted locations in the Bridgewater Triangle, without a doubt, is the Huckamuck Swamp. Huckamuck Swamp is used by the Wampanoag Native Americans during the time of the King Philip War, I've mentioned that kind of already, 16, 1600s, basically when the pilgrims were around, that kind of time period. They used the swamp as um, a graveyard. Not only that, they used it to escape their enemies and kind of move from battlefield to battlefield and kind of escape people and c- as a way to kind of, uh, because they kind of knew the swamp better than anybody, you know, so they would kind of use this place as kind of that sort of place. And not only that, um, the, the name Huckamuck translates to place where spirits dwell which I think is interesting. So not only is, you know, even the Wampanoags claim that spirits were there, which I think is interesting. That tells me that it's always had some sort of paranormal things happening there um, over the years, even back then, which I think is interesting. Um, So that's, I think the epicenter is probably the Huckamuck Swamp. Another very well-known place is the Freetown State Forest. I would say probably the darkest part of the Bridgewater Triangle is the Freetown State Forest. (laughs) This is where a lot of the ca- the cattle mutilations, animal mutilations. This is where people have been killed. This is where people have sacrificed and killed people to Satan, uh, documented. Um, you know, anything bad that's happened in the Bridgewater Triangles probably happened in the Freetown State Forest. Um, not even, even just things that are just are weird and you don't, doesn't make sense why people would do it. So, uh, In Massachusetts, there's not a lot of dirt biking trails, and Freetown State Forest is one of the places that actually has dirt biking trails and bike trails and stuff for people to use. And in one of these trails, uh, I can't remember what year this was, maybe 11 or 12, 2012. Someone put barbed wire across the the dirt bike trail, so that way, if you're riding down and didn't see it, you could easily, you know, really get hurt, maybe even killed from this, you know, if you're going really fast and you didn't see it. Um, You know, packs of wild dogs, UFO sightings. Um. Obviously, the Pukwudgies as well. Not only that, the Wampanoags called the Freetown area, the Freetown Forest area. Um, they said evil dwelt there, which I think is super interesting. So, not so even the the Native Americans were like, hmm, you know what? In this area, there's evil here, which tells you, you know, that if there's evil, then there back then, there's probably evil there now, which might explain why so many bad things have happened there. Whether that's this evil entity drawing these things to it or people seeking this thing out or, you know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. it might be one of us. we talked about this on um, your episode, like where it might be a thing where, cause people know these bad things have happened there. They go there to do bad things. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a chain reaction sort of piling on effect, but it's definitely an evil place. Um, the, the last time I went there, I got called a bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, when I asked who they were, they said, why do you care? They said, I'm going to get him. Um, Not a good place. Sounds like somebody with a traumatic
1: death, like some way, (laughs) shape or form. I know that we talked about in your episode that you're looking for the natives, but just from that response and it being in English, I would have assumed that it was somebody way later on, or maybe it could have even been like white settlers that got attacked by natives or something, you know?
0: Yeah. And in, in this area where I got this is where is the called the ledge and it's a big quarry area and multiple people have quote unquote fallen to their death. Now, I know for a fact. Well, I do not say for a fact. A man told me when I was there last time. He's like, my wife knows a guy that uh, he f- like got, fell off this and died, and um, she was there that night. And she said that he w- did not fall off. He's, she said he was pushed by some someone hmm. or something. That was that gonna he, be my next question. Off. Yeah. So like, you know what I'm saying. So like, like I said, this is uh-huh. a secondhand story. But the guy didn't seem to be like a guy that was like trying to. He was just like a dude flying his drone around. It was like, yeah, like my wife said that, you know, this guy that, you know, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, which is a documented story that people have fallen off there. Not only that, on that ledge specifically in the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, a woman, a paranormal group went out there. This is why I don't go out there that often. Paranormal group went out there and the lady literally got possessed on top of the ledge by some sort of entity that was trying to throw her off. Hmm. Um, You know, she's literally you can see the video. She's like struggling. There are like four or five people holding her down and she's like freaking out and making all these like weird noises that she probably doesn't normally make and you know just a weird dark place and the very fact that native americans said that evil dwelt there it's just not a not a good place so those are the two most popular places there are many other many other hot spots obviously the, the legend i told you about before that's like right near the bridgewater triangle it's like right on the edge of the bridgewater triangle um a lot of the places i do are in the bridgewater triangle but i would say those are the two top hot spots and those are the primary the main claims of the bridgewater triangle in itself um and then what was your part two of the question besides uh what is the bridgewater triangle um, i know it's like a long
1: yeah i was like say, say triangle. it's starting to get into some of your experience and, uh, experiences experiences and stuff i want to get into some Puck of the wedgie right, stuff and, specifically and
0: Puck wedgie stuff sure um so Puck wedgies, man yeah wild so <laughs> <laughs> i will tell you my uncle right i have never seen a Puck wedgie with my own eyes but I have caught Wedgie on EVPs before, specifically me talk, like asking questions and them answering me. Um, I only reason why I say that is because one of the last times I was out um, as a joke on camera, I said, Hello, Wedgies, Where are you, my friends? And then I get an EVP that says uh, here, you know, right, literally right <laughs> next to the camera. You know, so I've gotten like direct responses when I've asked for Pukwudgie specifically. I've gotten like responses from them and stuff like that. Um, one of the first times I went out, well, not one of the first times I went out, I would say within the first 10, five to 10 times I went out, this is like two years ago, I went out with my little cousin, I wouldn't say little, he's a, a teenager and he's like super interested in the paranormal and stuff. So I was like, all right, we'll go out. And I didn't even like film it. And I, I did, we did like EVP session. And luckily I just, with the EVP thing I have on my, uh, my app, uh, my iPad, it like records audio. So I recorded the whole session. So we're out there we're doing a thing it's like january it's like literally 20 degrees out and i'm like it's so cold and so literally that's what i say i was like ooh, it's cold and right before i say ooh, it's cold someone else says it's cold or like literally right before i say it so they we catch an evp of them saying the same thing i say before i say it so it's kind of weird um And the only reason why I think that's a Pukwudgie is because it's literally the same voice of the here. It's the same voice that I've gotten other times in the Huckamuck Swamp. So I've kind of, like, identified that voice as kind of... It always sounds the same when it ever, like, responds. Um, So I got that that happened. I got um, not only that, but my cousin literally heard him whispering. And so right after we catch the here, the, the It's Cold EVP, we catch another EVP right after that that says, like, here, here kind of thing. And what's weird about the here here thing is Puck Wudgie's, um in another story of Pukwudgie's in the Bridgewater Triangle documentary there's a story of this guy who has an encounter with a Puck Wudgie and he's a street light and basically the Pukwudgie literally says the same thing to him. It says <laughs> here here, here, come here. Like you know what I mean? Beckoning him to like come closer to him kind of thing trying to lure them like the legend lure says lure them in exactly like the legend says trying to lure you back further and, like lead you somewhere to either to your <laughs> to your doom or somewhere nice which is like, I don't know if I want to take that risk. Because so, <laughs> <laughs> if you go somewhere nice, you might not be coming back if you cross over
1: that boundary into the fae zone.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. If, if that's what it is, you know, if they live in some sort of like, you know, behind some, you know, that's what people say anyway. They have these like fae villages and things that are like right in front of your eyes, but you just can't quite see them because of some sort of whatever. And so the Puckwudgies kind of fall into that kind of category of creature. Um, so those are the kind of the things I've gotten with wudgies as far as EVPs, um, I've got, I have, like I said, I've never caught one on, on camera. I would love to, um, I will say in the spirit box, I've asked, uh, in this puck muck swamp unprovoked, I didn't ask like specifically about puck wedgies. I just was kind of like, Hey, who's here. And it was like, without skipping a beat puck wedgies. And another thing of weird is when I went to Tennessee after I was on Tony's show, I did a paranormal investigation in Tennessee at the Elkmont campground. And it was with the AFK discussion guys. Shout out to them for going there with me and showing me the place because I'd never even heard of it. So it's an old abandoned campground basically for anyone who doesn't know. And now it's just like a national park. So they've fixed up these cabins, um, the state of Tennessee, and you can walk through these cabins. It's like historical and stuff. They're all unlocked. They're all open. They have fixed them all up. So it's like a tourist attraction kind of thing. And it's open like at night. It's open during the day. So you can go whenever. So long story short, we're there. And I asked, um, "Is there um, any entities here or whatever?" And what do you think they said, "Puckwudgies." <laughs> <laughs> so what's weird about that is <laughs> many things, but <laughs> <laughs> So in Tennessee, I looked it up, and the Puckwudgies are not called Puckwudgies in Tennessee. they're called something else. So the question is, was it a Puckwudgie from where I am that followed me down there or... Do they just know that I know them as puckwudgies? So it said puckwudgie because it knows that I know puck and knows them as puckwudgie. And not only that, I also have a theory about a new theory, newer theory about puckwudgies. I I don't know if it is puckwudgies or not, but it's happened both in Massachusetts and in Tennessee. The same sort of experience. So I'm accounting it, attributing it to them. And so basically, like I said, where it said cold, and then I said cold in Massachusetts. The same experience happened two times in Tennessee. To me and to my fiance Nicole. So my fa- fiance Nicole, she's showing um, Jason pictures of our cats. And she's like, yeah, they're, they're crazy. And she says they're crazy. Literally, right before she says they're crazy, another voice says they're crazy. <laughs> the same exact tone, the same way she was going to say it, everything. And so that's weird. And so not only that, at night, when we go back at night, the iPad, this very iPad right here. To turn it on, all you have to do is just push this button on the top. Right. So Nicole's pushing the button. It's just black. You know what I mean? It's just like black like that. And she's like, I can't get this thing to work. And so she hands it to me and I'm like, I'm messing with it. And then all of a sudden we catch an EVP. There you go. And what do you think I said? Two seconds later. <laughs> there you there go. You go. Yep.
1: That almost like, makes you wonder if. Obviously if like they're reading my mind. No, not even that. I was going to say that obviously you can get attachments from like, uh, like ghost spirits, things like that, but it makes you wonder if trickster beings can attach themselves to people. And if you have some type of trickster being that keeps messing with you with like, Oh, I'm a Pukwudgie. Oh, I'm this. And then it can obviously do mm-hmm. some type of tele telekinetic ability so it's saying stuff before you say it but since it's happening in multiple locations it makes me wonder if it's the same type of being and if it is possible that trickster yes. beings can attach oh. themselves to somebody or if they just really like somebody and they like messing with you they think you're fun because obviously it doesn't seem like it's trying to hurt you in any way shape or form maybe it just likes you so it follows you because you got it had, if you're in the middle of the woods and you're a trickster being you ain't got anybody to trick what are you going to do like if you find somebody that
0: comes yeah. along and you like them like hey i'm just going to walk around and trick around with this guy and to even to further your point to even stranger and weirderness, we get an EVP that's at Elkmont that said, I like your mind. See? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So you're probably onto something with that. Yeah. I, it's definitely weird, man. Definitely weird. I, I, yeah, it's definitely strange. I don't know how to explain that. Um, well, but yeah, I think it's it- Weird.
3: I think it's kind of interesting, too. Uh, you said a lot of this stuff started when you are in this Bridgewater Triangle area, which is obviously a hotbed for all kinds of high strangeness and whatnot. And it seems like this East Tennessee region where you also had these experiences, a lot of strange stuff happens in that area as well. So it's just kind of funny to me that maybe you did get some kind of hitchhiker You know, when you were investigating in Massachusetts that followed you down to this other hotbed and that gets kind of back into stuff we talk about, about like, you know, portals and things like that and energies and whatnot. But I just think it's kind of funny that this East Tennessee region keeps popping up in a lot of the episodes we do as well.
0: Oh, really? See, I'm, I'm not surprised. That place has definitely got some weird paranormal stuff. Not even just mm-hmm. like the paranormal stuff. Dude, it shocked me. The amount of EVPs we caught at Elkmont shocked me. We caught EVPs during the day, not even trying to. We did we did one spirit box session, and that's where we got the puck wedgie thing. But other than that, we just walked around and explored and got EVPs, which is very, I mean, it can happen. It definitely happens, but we caught like nine. And I'm like nine EVPs of like not even, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, wow, there is definitely something. I think you're definitely right about Eastern Tennessee, obviously the Bridgewater triangle. And you want to hear something even weirder. I brought this up on Chain show, um, about the, um, Bridgewater triangle and the Huckamuck swamp specifically. So I was listening to this podcast. I don't remember. I can't give them credit cause I don't remember, but they're basically talking about the swamp in Louisiana. And so they start naming the claims of the swamp in Louisiana. And believe it or not, every single claim is the same as the Huckamuck Swamp. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. I mean, yeah, they are two they two swamps. Yes, that's what they have in common. But you could not get any more different than Louisiana, than Massachusetts as far as temperature, climate, you know, like totally different type of swamps. And you're telling me that both of these places have like almost the exact same claims, even to like the puckwudgies and stuff. They didn't call them puckwudgies; they called them little people or something. But literally the same type of things. And I'm like, That's kind of weird. That's kind of the idea of like swamps and, you know, these
3: waterways being more like a liminal space where the veil is thinner and these kind of things can, in theory, you know, come through more easily. So even though, like you said, uh, Massachusetts and Louisiana might as well be another planet, but this environment might be conducive for these things slipping through the veil or whatever you want to call it.
1: I mean, even just to expand yeah, on sure. what you were saying too, if it's little people specifically, like h- bigger people have an issue going through a swamp because you sink into the swamp. So maybe these little people purposely moved into swamps because they don't sink that deep in them because they don't have that much weight. So they can move around these swamps easy and not have to worry about anybody big or anything big coming through because it's just going to sink. So that might be the scenario. It's just it's the easiest place for little people to live because nobody else can go there besides them.
0: Right. That's, yeah, that's, that makes sense to me. You know what I mean? They are, if they are, because it's, what's weird about them is they're like physical, but they're also like seem to be somewhat spiritual too, because they can disappear mm-hmm. and stuff. So like when they're disappearing, are they going behind a veil? Are they going somewhere else? Are they, are they literally still there? Just not visible. Do you know what I mean? Are they still on mm-hmm. our plane? You know what I'm saying? No one really knows what they, how that works or how, what they do. I will say when my uncle saw one in the eighties, right? Um, it jumped down from the attic, and had his back turned to him, and then when it turned around and saw him, it looked like, it looked shocked, and it disappeared like in front of his eyes. Um, so, you know, whether or not that, you know, whether, it's, I don't know, it's so hard to explain whether or not, if it would still be there. I guess technically, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe if it, when they disappeared, like, they're totally somewhere else, or, like, he's maybe another dimension, and they're kind of like in that spirit ghost plane where we can and that's kind of like but not see them that's kind of
3: like a lot of the reports about like sasquatch dematerializing and things like that and you know that brings up questions that we talk about on the show as well could this just be all the same thing wearing different masks whatever that means i mean could- if it's this trickster element i think that lends a lot of credence to that I mean, even if they
1: have telekinetic abilities, even if it's something that Sasquatch, little people have, it's not that they're necessarily the same, but they contain some of the same abilities. I feel like part of telekinetic ability would be that you could trick somebody's mind into not seeing you. So if you weren't aware that somebody's going to walk around a quarter and see you, you don't have that telekinetic connection to block you out from them seeing you. So that could be where Sasquatch gets surprised, Puckwudgies get surprised is because they don't They're not actively like using their telekinetic abilities on you to make it so that you can't see them,
0: right? That that could totally be it, especially when you know when my uncle saw it, he literally looked shocked that it was there. So, (laughs) (laughs) and then as soon as he sees him, then he's like, "Okay, I'm out," and then he disappears, like, "Oh my god, I have to get out of here," you know. So, like, yeah. That's definitely could be a possibility for sure. And they talk I mean, about who the whole knows? in
1: plain sight thing with their villages. It could be the same type of thing that they're using or if they do have some type of kinetic abilities, telekinetic abilities, maybe they're uh, like portraying um like a dark ominous feeling on people because there's there's a show um called disenchanted that's done by you know the guy who does the simpsons and everything and it's on netflix and there's the elf village and they talk about how they pretty much make this barrier around the village where when people come close they just go oh this is a bad place i shouldn't be here and they turn around so they never end up actually getting close to the village in the first place because they like instill this bad feeling on them as they get close even though the village isn't scary like just scare people away from the village and it could be the same for all of this stuff that they're just using some type of telekinetic ability that sounds woo woo. it sounds magic but it's just because we don't possess that ability but it doesn't mean other stuff in nature doesn't have that ability and it doesn't full well use it it could be a totally natural thing it's just something that humans don't have and anything that has this ability uses it so well that we deny their existence because it's it's that good of an ability (laughs) It's yeah, like the perfect yeah. act of camouflage just to not even be seen at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely. For sure.
3: So, uh, Phil, I'm kind of curious about like some of the UFO reports and whatnot in the Bridgewater Triangle. Me and Jenny were doing a little bit of research uh, last night, getting ready for the episode and watching some YouTube videos. But um, do you have any stories about UFO sightings or anything like that that you've experienced?
0: Yeah, so actually I have seen a UFO one time. Um, Actually, like with my own eyes, like an actual experience. So the best way I can describe it, it it seemed to me to be like energy. That's like Mm -hmm. the only way I can describe it. So I'm driving down um, a highway, 495 southbound, heading towards uh, Cape Cod. Um, So the area where I'm driving through is a nature... Not a nature. It's nature preserve. Like it's like a. it's called Rocky Meadow and it's just like a nature preserve area. It's basically a pretty large area. So when you're on the highway, you drive like right through it. Um, And it's probably only mm, a mile and a half long, a mile long or so. So it's early morning. I don't remember what day it was. It was weekday because I was driving my work truck going from where I live down to my shop, which is down in Wareham, Massachusetts. So I'm driving down. I go past this area, then all of a sudden something catches my eye at tree level on the right-hand side of the road above tree level, and it and it's like um, the best way I can describe it is um, like almond shaped, mm-hmm. almond shaped, but like but the brightest light y- like you've ever seen, kind of like kind of remind me of like LED lighting, you know, sort of like super super bright, but not like bright that it's hurting my eyes. It just you know what I'm saying. It's like self luminescent or whatever. And so it goes from, and it's ahead of me, you know, traveling at, you know, a decent amount of speed because it's ahead of me in the road. It's not, it's not like on top of me or whatever. It's kind of going the same speed as I am. And so it goes from, it's on the right-hand side of the road above the trees, goes from the right-hand side of the road to the other side of the road. And this is ahead of me, you know, within maybe 30 feet ahead of me. And so then it's on the left-hand side of the road, almond shaped. And then it turns from that almond shaped to a long skinny piece of, Of white blind light, and then just disappears completely. Hmm. Um, Like the best, like that's why I described it as energy. That was the best Mm -hmm. way I can describe it because that's what it looked like. It just looked like a like a a huge ghost orb or something, you know, like massive though, very very big. And then, like I said, it turned into like a little skinny piece of light, and then disappeared. No noise, no missed time, no lost time, no nothing Mm -hmm. like that. The experience was maybe. Mm, 15 seconds yeah, very, yeah very quick um, very weird I've never seen anything like that before never seen anything like that since of course in the Bridgewater Triangle there's many reports of UFOs probably the most famous one was a triangle I think it was a triangle shaped UFO the size of a football field over the Huckamock Swamp area and that <laughs> was in the nineteen seventies something and what's really lends credibility to that event is the two people, one of the two people that witnessed it were two TV reporters who happened to be off duty at the time. They were covering something else and happened Mm -hmm. to see this object in the sky. Um, and kind of that's how it even got famous because they saw it. And what they said, it was a mass, like a massive UFO, like very, very big. Um, and so like that, that obviously is probably the most famous one. There's Mm -hmm. obviously been a lot of other ones. Joseph DeAndre, um, kind of a famous guy in the Bridgewater Triangle legend. He, in the 70s, he started documenting a lot of the UFOs people were seeing in the 70s. And um, another person, I can't remember his name now. Now his name's like escaping me. Uh, But he did a lot of research in the UFOs. Um, I'll remember his name as I start talking about it. Uh, He did a lot of UFO research in the Bridgewater Triangle. And what he's, what's really weird about his UFO research is that the deeper he got, like the weirder things got. And then he started having, like, telekinesic ex- experiences and sort of like this. And by the end of it, he said he had felt that um, these entities were, like, mm, I'm trying to think, not what they claimed that they, or not what they were trying to portray themselves to be. And they mm-hmm. were, like, something else or something. They were definitely evil and dark. And um <laughs> Yeah, like the, it was just weird the way he described it because, like I said, this is a person that was doing UFO stuff for, like, 20-something years. Mm-hmm. And so then he has, like, this experience where he has this entity, like, show up at his house. And I'll, I'll get you guys the name of this guy. I just can't remember his name off the top of my head. But I, I listened to this guy on a podcast recently. And he's done, like, a lot – he's talked about a lot of, like, Bridgewater Triangle stuff. That's why I'm, like, bringing him up because he's, like, a Bridgewater Triangle guy. And, like, a lot of his research is just specifically in the Bridgewater Triangle, which is, like, weird that he's, like, now – it's come to the point now. I listened to him recently because uh, on another podcast he had just been on, and, and he doesn't even like do UFO stuff anymore. He won't even go like paranormal investigating. He won't like do anything because he thinks the UFOs are are all and paranormal stuff is all related. It's all the same thing, kind of deal. -hmm. And it's like you know, at the at the heart of it, it's like evil entities or whatever. So much so, it like shook him up that he doesn't even want to do it anymore, which I think is wild. Um, So this is a
3: little bit of a teaser for something we've got coming up, um, probably in a month or so at this point. But are you familiar with the concept of like the Collins Elite? Have you ever dug into any of that? Mm -mm, No, no. Okay, so I'm going to try to make this as short as possible. because, Like I said, we're going to hit on this a little bit in a future episode, but uh, the theory idea, what have you, is that um, you know back in the '50s, '60s, '70s, there was this you know very unofficial group within the U.S. government that was made up of you know like Department of Defense um, military type personnel. That were investigating UFOs and abduction phenomenon, and uh, you know all of that during the height of the UFO wave. And these people within the U.S. government, you know, these are not quacks, you know, sitting behind their keyboards. These people came to the conclusion that what we think of as the UFO phenomenon is actually a deception that's being put on the human race by. Literal, like demonic entities. So when you said that about what the guy said about, you know, he was having these um, uh, mental communications or whatnot with these entities, and he came to think that there was they weren't what they portrayed, and there was something evil. You know, this is something I've been researching for. You know, a series we've got coming up, and again, another synchronicity that just falls right in line with. Other stuff I've been reading, so So pretty crazy,
0: absolutely. And dude, when he said that, it like got chills up my spine because, like, I never like whatever I never like put two and a kid together like that, that that could be like a possibility or whatever. And so, then you know, when he said it, and then you're saying that there's other guy that's kind of like has that same sort of thing, how weird is that? That is, uh, so.
3: I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Nick Redfern, you know, the author, paranormal investigator, cryptozoologist. Um, He's got a book that I'm reading about this whole Collins elite idea. Um, It's called Final Events. Um, But no, it goes super, super deep into all of this, but it's a good read. Um, I'm about probably 75% of the way done with it now, but – yeah, it totally everything we were just talking about, he covers super in depth. So would definitely recommend that if you know you want to dig a little deeper.
0: No, hell yeah. I'll definitely check that out. I just thought it was like super weird and super interesting because like like I said, when he tells this story, I'll have to send you guys a, a link of his story because it's just like it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. Is it uh and Tim and, like, Weisberg? Uh not Tim Weisberg, no. I know Tim though.
1: I, say, person, I was searching I up, up UFO Bridgewater Triangle researchers. That's the name that kept popping up. So I was hoping that might have been the yeah, lucky name. Tim.
0: I think I can't remember. I'll have to find his name. I think his name might be Chris Chris something. Chris Jericho? Um, I'll have to look. Because so I saw that I one wish too. It was Chris Jericho. Because
1: apparently he was researching <laughs> Cry- in the Bridgewater Triangle too, because that popped up too. I shit you fucking oh, not.
0: Really? Yeah. No kidding. Really? <laughs> his name is Chris. Chris Pittman, by the way, I found him. Chris Pittman. Chris Shane,
3: Pittman. I've got my uh, my wrestling nickname for tonight's episode. Then it's perfect. Talking about Chris Jericho. <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs>
3: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> so, uh, just to make a comment about your just. Not to bring it too far back, but just about your whole uh, UFO experience where it absorbed into like the thin, flat light. Uh, We've been digging in about this whole idea about Stargates and uh, like this whole wormhole network that exists. And if it seemed like it was relatively physical until that last point where it turned into a bar and then disappeared, I'm almost wondering if that could have been when it was doing that jump through the wormhole network or into another reality at that point. And that's why it's shape contorted was it's, you know, that typical thing. Something goes through a black hole, all the shapes and everything contort and bend and shift. And uh, maybe that's why it didn't look physical is because it was getting sucked in. So it was partially in this reality while in the other reality, while also getting deformed going into that reality.
0: Right. Yeah. That anything could be possible for sure. Cause it's such a weird, um, UFO experiences, um, it's not like it, like I said, it didn't seem like a craft or like a ship or something. It's it was the best thing I could describe was energy, like I said. Um, but yeah, dude, you could be totally right. You know, that's definitely could be a possibility for sure. I would not po- put that out of the realm of possibility because I mean, honestly, with the Bridgewater Triangle. Anything's possible. I'm I'm not shocked anymore when like something crazy happens. Cause I'm like, oh, it's almost weird if something didn't happen at this point in the Bridgewater Triangle. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, that's just how it is out here for some reason. I don't know. We've even like, talked about ge- orbs being like some type of like tracking device or just
1: some type of way for them to do like scans over the ground too so assumably there's different variations probably of these orbs if they are connected to UFO experiences and maybe that could also potentially be why it it wasn't necessarily physical is maybe it was some type of like projected orb to do some type of you know, scouting of the land, something like that. Because, you know, anybody that's an intelligent race, you got to think that they're not coming here physically. Like the way our military is working, the way that we're projecting, everybody's going into drones. They're doing all of this thing where you don't have to physically be in this area to do research on it, to drop bombs in the air or whatever. So if there are significantly advanced races compared to us, like why would they physically be coming here when they have advanced assumably advanced technology in order to check stuff out here. And I mean, even connecting into some other people's research, uh, Daryl Sims, he talks about how he believes that a lot of these uh, extraterrestrials that people see aren't actually them physically, but like biological drones, essentially that they just control. And what you're seeing isn't actually physically them. So again, it could be same type of scenario. Like why, why would they physically Mm -hmm. come here if they're way more advanced than us? And we're already getting to the point where we're not physically going to places anymore.
0: Yeah, definitely. I that could definitely see that being a possibility. And with the, with the, um, with like the D, de- with, the, what was the guy's name of the theory that you said? Uh, like, Daryl Sims. Uh, the guy that came Daryl Sims. Yeah, dude, that's all the look alien up, too. hunter. Yep. Yeah, dude, seriously. I'm going to have to look that up too. <laughs> After this episode, I have a lot of research and a lot of things to read. Do you want to talk about Daryl Sims real quick?
2: I love Daryl Sims. Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk about
0: Daryl Sims. <laughs> no, we met him at,
3: um, a festival a couple months ago in Counter Quest oh, yeah. and, um, we actually got to handle some supposed UFO fragments that he
0: has, so that was a pretty cool experience. No kidding. So, so what do you, what do you guys think when you held it?
2: I thought like one he had, it was like it wouldn't change temperature. Like it always felt cold, no matter what you did to it. So you know, like, like I, you know, put it in my fist and put mm-hmm. it on my face and yeah, try to stuff. warm it up. And, yeah and it wouldn't warm up. Um he, I'm trying to think what else he
3: had. Like one of them it, it looked like metal but it was like very porous. It, it was
2: so light. Yeah,
3: like almost like you know how like a seashell like you can see the pores in it? Yeah, like it yeah. was metal but it almost had that same like type of seashell type texture and like Jenny just said like incredibly light like you would think it was like a rock and it felt like styrofoam in your hand. Yeah, hands. yeah, yeah, yeah weird but very weird. anyway super cool guy uh, we had a blast hanging out with him we're going to try to get him on the show at some
1: point oh no, hell yeah
0: uh, that'd be an awesome conversation
1: yeah but no that's cool Say so we'll get there one day eventually he's famous for carrying around that case or it's you know even stuff removed from people that have been abducted but if you ever get a chance to see daryl sim don't forget to ask him about his case because i guarantee you anywhere <laughs> you find that guy he's going to have that case with him
0: he'll have it with him yeah <laughs> I, love it. I love it i'll, I'll definitely keep that front of mind for sure <laughs>
1: But uh, I guess bouncing back into all the Bridgewater Triangle weirdness, uh, it seems like we've covered the paranormal. We've gotten into some UFO stuff. So for our last little bit of time that we got here, we got to, of course, talk about some cryptid stuff. So I know that you probably have had some possible experiences, but anything else that you got pertaining to cryptid stuff, we might as well cover all bases here while we're
0: talking about strange phenomenon. Sure. Um, As far as personal experience of the cryptids, I would say, I mean, it's obviously hard to say, Sometimes I mean I've have gotten like tree knocks, we'll say, in the Huckamuck Swamp and stuff like that. Now I can't prove that you know what that was or who it was, whether that's a Sasquatch or whatever. Um, you know, so I've had I've had a couple weird experiences where it definitely could be considered cryptids or cryptid activity or whatever. Um, like I said, tree knocks, um, large large bangs on trees and trees falling in the swamp, and then I go back and listen to it and I get you know, an EVP of someone, it sounds like, um, like someone doing like physical activity where if you were hitting something and, you know, kind of like tennis, that's our best way I can describe it. You know, when people play tennis that when they hit the ball, they make it like that noise, very similar to that, but like a grunt and kind of like a, a, you know, male kind of grunt kind of style of voice, like an instantaneous when hitting the tree and the tree falls down. So, you know, that's kind of weird, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. like something obviously hit that tree and exerted some sort of physical energy that it made a noise out of its vocal cords to hit that tree to knock it down. Um, So I've caught things like that, Um, tied it into like kind of cryptid. Well, this is the the thing where you don't really know what it is. So it's like this could be a cryptid. This could be a alien. This could be a a Nephilim demon. But I've caught (laughs) um, like along with the tree crashing, same Time period. I got um, glass moving around in the swamp, metal moving around, um, obviously tree knocks stuff like that. Um, I got eventually got this beeping. It literally it's like a beep noise, and then a large bang, like on a tree or something. A couple times it sounded like a large crash and something breaking. Um, this is all in the same like experience, and not only that. Af- so after this experience happened. Towards the end of it, um, on the word bank, because I'm, you know, I'm hearing all this stuff. I'm like, what is going on? What's going on in here? Um, I get uh, a word bank that says, um, "Come, C-O-M-E, come." And so I'm like, that's kind of weird. And then it's like, and then entity, and then, uh, and then right after that, come see. And so, literally trying to like lure me in. To like the swamp with these noises and this beeping noise. And so, which could classify as a uh, puck maybe, because puck mm-hmm. are known to, cl- you know what I'm saying? So, it could mm-hmm. be that. And to make it even weirder to kind of tie it into like a cryptid alien kind of angle, uh, someone commented when I released this trailer for that video, someone commented on it. Um, they're like, hey, I'm doing like a lot of re- UFO research. And a lot of the people that said they were abducted said they heard a metal uh, a a beeping noise and then a large Mm -hmm. crash or a thud. So I was like, okay, well that's creepy too. So like, you know, you have all these things kind of like pointed to kind of many different things, you know, in this, in this experience. So I don't, I still don't know what it is. I've gone back again after that experience and I've caught that beeping again and that large noise again. Um, and like I said, this is in the middle of a swamp where there's no, there's it's standing water. I know there's mm-hmm. no one back there. I know there's no machines back there. It's just a swamp. So, there's no logical reason why this should be happening. Um, so, that's kind of like the big one of the bigger things as far as I would say could be a possible cryptid. I can't say exactly that's cryptid. Um, I've also had another experience where I saw a wolf creature. Um, I definitely think. It, it, it was it, it was on full, all fours, but it was definitely a wolf. I've seen coyotes before in the Huckamuck. I know what coyotes look like. I've seen it many times. This thing was, like, bigger than any other coyote I've ever seen in my life, and th- which ties into, and this is the Huckamuck Swamp, which ties into Bridgewater Triangle stuff where animals of unusual size, you know, or animals that you don't expect to see. Like, wolves are not supposed to exist in Massachusetts, or at least that's what they say. They're like, oh, wolves aren't supposed to be here, da 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 And so basically what... what happens is I go I'm in this new area of the Huckamuck Swamp I've never been before it's just one pathway in the woods and there's kind of trees on both sides kind of deal and then I get to this area where it opens up and then on the left hand side is what used to be trees but they're all like falling down I would say a football field's worth size of trees falling down which is a very abnormal number of trees falling down it almost looked like a tornado ripped through there but it's December so I know no tornadoes ripped through there so I'm like this is kind of weird so right before that, right before walking up into that area, I've never had this happen to me before. I get in my head, I get a voice that says to me, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> and I kind of ignored it and just kept on going. And then I get it, it happens again. And I'm like, so I was like, well, I got to mention this on camera. So at least I have it documented that I'm not, I'm feeling kind of weird. And so I do. And I kept on going, I get to this area where the trees are down. Right. So I'm looking around. I'm like, all right. I was like, well, let me do a spirit box session. I shut off the camera. I pull out the spirit box, I look up and over the back of these, one of these trees that have fallen down, you know, when trees fall down, they have like, sometimes the roots come with it and it'll be mm-hmm. like a little black circle, you know, varied size, different sizes and stuff mm-hmm. around the base of the tree. So over the back of one of these things pops, jumps down and over and lands on the ground. It looks like, a, like the best way I can describe it is it's a it look like a wolf. It was all black and it was very, very fluffy, like v- extremely fluffy, like uh, ex- exactly what a wolf would look like, you know, that kind of like fluffy look. Um, but it looked all black to me. I didn't see any other color but black. Um, saw it, it looked pretty, like I said, bigger than any coyote i have ever seen. Um, I don't know, I couldn't tell you how big it was because it was too far away to like tell and I did not stick around to find out. Um, I had never had so much fear come over me in my life before. So I just literally, it was like, f- uh, flight or fright, uh, whatever they, I can't think of that. Fight or flight? You know what I mean? Yep, bingo. So I ran. So I was out of there. I mean, it's probably like, the it's obviously not what you're supposed to do, but I just, I just left, you know, I was, I've was i never been so terrified in my life. Um, so I, I've been back once. I did not see a wolf the second time I went back. But I will say, about the area where I saw the wolf, there is, we brought, we busted out the EMF detector, and there was EMFs inside the swamp with no electricity, anywhere to be found which is very very weird and we're talking you know within mm, 50 feet of where they saw this wolf um you know very strange i need to get back out there excuse me i caught a couple evps when i was out there and stuff like that um i haven't really investigated out there all that much because just because of that wolf experience um i didn't want to <laughs> go by myself <laughs> well, but um
2: everyone's you know. thinking the same thing right dog man like, <laughs> yeah
1: it, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> Yep. I was even kind of thinking, too, that, uh, you know, if there are bigger things in that area, such as like Sasquatch, Dogman, whatever, you know, assumably standard animals would have to be bigger in order to actually have a fighting chance against these things. So maybe if there's areas that are high concentration of Sasquatch and Dogman, everything else is going to get bigger in comparison so that it's able to defend itself against these bigger creatures
0: yeah for sure i mean yeah either way it's either like one of the biggest wolves i've ever seen in my life which is terrifying in general or it is dog man which is also terrifying
2: <laughs> either well, way whole, it's terrifying <laughs> the whole thing you said about just the overwhelming fear that's like a big thing and also the thing about the metal i i, I think we've mm. heard like doors mm-hmm. and just the screeching metal that's
3: and the beeps and the beeps. beeps yeah
0: yep yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that it all kind of like I said, there's many things, there's so many like threads in all of the stuff where it's like it could be, it could be a dog man, it could be a puck it could like there's so many unanswered questions with it, but yeah, it is still wild though. And like that's what's crazy about the Bridgewater Triangle is just like once you once you have like one experience, you're like wow, that's crazy, and then you have another wild experience that's even crazier than the last. It just (laughs) keeps you know what I mean, you just never know what's going to happen when you go out there to these places, you know. So yeah, that was a wild, wild experience. Um, I need to get back out there for sure. Um, I think I'll probably bring my gun, though, this time. <laughs> I
2: was going to say, do you, do, do you need to go back out there?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, Content-wise, yeah, but pers- personally, no.
3: <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of what we talk about on the show all the time is it doesn't take a whole lot of researching and digging below the surface to realize that there's a whole lot of strange stuff going on and it's all a lot more connected than I think people realize on the surface. So, I mean, this is just, you know, case in point. Everything we talk about on the show, all this stuff is connected and runs together in some way. Like, we don't have the answers to why that is, probably never will, but I mean, there's definitely something there. That.
1: unless it's mm-hmm. all the same thing just hiding itself under different masks that could be the piece of the puzzle that it's like right in front of us but nobody like wants to fully accept that because they like having aliens this that mm-hmm. like maybe there is literally only one other thing that exists on this planet besides us that's intelligent and they're significantly more intelligent than us to the point where they just spend their time trolling us and laughing about the fact that we don't believe they exist and they're like bro it's right in front of their eyes they just need to connect the pieces but they just aren't figuring it the fuck
0: out because each time we see them we're just yeah. wearing a different mask <laughs> Yeah yep yeah dude. absolutely. Um, I think the funnest part about it is um learning learning as you go along and try like the you know the more evidence you uncover the little bits pieces of information you get, like the you're like, oh, it things hopefully start to make more sense as you go along theoretically, hopefully. well, that's the idea anyway, hopefully. but
1: <laughs> in this stuff it just gets weirder, the farther you go along.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it, or like you for every question you answer, then there's like seven hundred other mm-hmm. questions that you have, you know, so you're like, oh. All right. Well, I'm good now for the next like five years. I have all these things to do.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh the more you think you know, it doesn't take long to figure out you don't know anything at all. So. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, absolutely. So we were talking about this on the show last week a little bit. Um, me and Jenny actually just bought a GoPro, and we're wanting to kind of start getting out in the field more and doing some boots-on-the-ground type research. So um, it was really cool to have you on tonight and kind of talk about some of that because we definitely want to move into that direction a little bit more in the future. So uh, if you got any pointers for us at any point in time, we might be uh, reaching out and <laughs> asking your Absolutely. advice. Absolutely. Because we definitely. have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, and honestly, a, like a quick five minute advice is like even better. It's so much so valuable to you. It could save you could save you so much time. You know what I mean? Because like obviously, when you're first starting out on anything brand new, you you know you're just like a baby. You don't know anything about anything. You're like, all right, you know, I, I just just jumping in, uh, you know, with no uh, <laughs> no nothing, no protection or anything. But yeah, anything you need, just let me know. I can I'll give you tips on like what stuff to buy, what to avoid that kind of stuff. Um, Editing wise, I can give you a little tips and tricks
3: Yeah, that's awesome, because we just basically, we bought a camera and a how-to book, and we're just trying to figure (laughs) it out from there.
1: And it was funny, talking about synchronicity, I was talking to them, well, I was talking to my girlfriend a couple days prior to them mentioning this last week, that I was planning on getting one, and by next year, I was going to do a thing where every time I went on a paranormal investigation, a Sasquatch hunt, anything, get one of those chest strap ones where it's hooked out of my chest, or one of the hat pieces, and uh, be honestly doing the same thing, and start collaborating all of our stuff together, and start doing our own, field research so it's just funny yeah, synchronicity no. we both had the same idea in the same week.
0: <laughs> that's funny though. That's awesome. And where where are you guys out of? You uh, what state are you guys out of?
3: Well we're in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh that's so. right, Raleigh that's what you yeah. told me that.
0: Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Yeah cool. so uh,
3: we're not too far from your pal Tony, uh, probably yeah, about yeah. four or five hours from where that's he's at. That's right.
0: Okay, that's right. That's cool. And so like in your area is there do you do you have do you guys find that you have a lot of like places that you guys are eyeing up to want to investigate? So um, I don't know if like there's a lot of haunted history where you guys are at or in the the area we live is a pretty big city so it, there's not it's a
3: whole way lot. too
2: dense yeah or there's just too many people here
3: but if you go yeah. you know
1: fifty to the miles the yeah to the
2: west a little bit so we want to but we. We don't want to do it alone. Like, I'm scared. Like, <laughs> I'll just start go. making trips
1: down there to you guys. <laughs> 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 got to do it as a whole team. Why not? You got to have the trifecta, yeah, right?
3: <laughs> the monsters can't get you if you have more people. Yeah, I absolutely. The,
2: I guess the funniest thing, though, is we both come from eastern North Carolina, not so far from Camp Lejeune. I'm just going to say it out loud. Um, and we both had a lot of weird stuff happen when we lived there. Mm-hmm.
3: So. No, there's definitely weird stuff in the state. We're just kind of in a very urban area, and there's yeah. a whole lot of people and a That's whole lot of my stuff. my same so. issue,
1: too. Michigan is apparently one of like the high-traffic areas for abduction on the other side of the states. We got the Manistee that has all the dogman encounters. We have all the Sasquatch stuff up north. I'm in the bottom corner of the state where nothing happens besides the Nene Rouge, which is a little imp demon that people see in Detroit, but it's like... I live in a good state with a lot of high traffic stuff, but I'm in the farthest point away from anything interesting
0: because I'm yeah. trapped by the city. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure. Honestly, I'm sure both you guys could probably find some sort of. You just, you know, honestly, you're probably just gonna have to do like deeper dives.
3: Well, uh, tell them a know. little bit about when we went to Oh, um, Mordecai. Yeah, since so, we're talking about EVPs, so and
2: there was just this little place. Um, it's called the Mordecai. It used to be a plantation, but now the city's taking it over. For $7, you can go out and tour it. So we just took my um, EVP meter out there and – wait, was it – no, EMP.
0: uh, The EMF detector. EMF, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So we took it out there and by a uh, coincidence, we ended up being the only two people on our $7 tour. <laughs> so, you know, I was just like playing with it cause I'm kind of a novice at this stuff. And this thing would pop like over a hundred oh, wow. on several weird things. So, I mean, I guess there's definitely haunted stuff here. I just, we haven't like done a lot of it, but that was fun. And I wish I have a spirit box too. I'm not very good at it. So I don't, <laughs> You know, if I'm not good at something, I'm just going to put it in the box and (laughs) shove it under the bed.
0: Yeah, I I will say I will make a recommendation with the spirit box. Record it because honestly, I'm sometimes I'm not that good at hearing like in the moment hearing responses. But I, I find that if I when I record them and then listen to them after I can listen to them like twice or three times, then I could actually hear and pick up on some of the voices that come through. Now, um, what
2: what do you record with? Is that your EVP stuff or is that a whole um, different thing? So
0: usually when I record, I usually just record with my phone on video and I record the spirit mm-hmm. box. My spirit okay. box, you could actually record on the spirit box as well if you wanted to. I find that it's, it's very unnecessary to do that. Um, I find if you just record it, you know, with whatever, you guys have a GoPro, so record it with your GoPro. Okay. And just make sure that it's close enough that the GoPro can hear the station. Usually when I film it, I'll film it like with a girl, you know, filming it right, looking right at it. So that okay. way it's, it's nice and loud. So then when you go back and listen, you'll be able to pick because I'm honestly, it's really hard to hear the voices in the moment, especially when it's going really fast. It, okay. it, it could be as clear, almost as clear as day. And sometimes I've missed things that, you know, you think that I wouldn't have missed. But yeah, I miss them in the moment. So don't no, feel that's bad. E- every, everyone does that. So don't feel bad uh, about that because that's just one of those things that like you get better as you go along, you know, and it, with speed. Cause obviously when it's really fast like that, the, they're saying words really quick. So it's sometimes hard, especially if it's one or two word responses.
1: Just to okay. throw in an idea Thank out you. there for other investigators that are possibly doing the same thing. Uh, if you're using one of those chest strap GoPros and you happen to be wearing like a button up shirt that has like a pocket, In it, you could totally like flip your speed if you're using your phone, for example, for doing any of this stuff. Or if you're even if you're using a small enough box, uh, you could put it in your shirt pocket, right next to the piece, so it'll be picking up the audio because it'll be like two inches apart from it. You'll be able to hear it, and then while you're investigating, you'll be hands-free. You'll be able to record, and you can have your. spirit box running and be recording all the audio all in the same place but just just an idea i don't know
0: i'm sure people do do that but it might be a good idea for a lot of people trying to do stuff like that Uh, well especially if you're doing like by yourself like um, when me it's it's i'm like juggling things all the time if i'm by (laughs) myself i got the camera in one hand the spirit box in the (laughs) other hand you know like i'm like hold on guys i gotta switch my arms attire (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah like i love i love talking like technical stuff so if you you have any questions just let me know like if i can help you guys at all i'll definitely help you guys no this has been awesome like i feel like we've learned a lot about the technical side
3: of things and like I've enjoyed hearing your cryptid stories and your paranormal stories. So this has been a really fun episode, and we thank you so much for coming on. You've been just absolutely lovely. So thank you so much, Phil. No, th-
0: thanks. for having me on, guys. It was awesome talking paranormal, talking cryptids, talking Bridgewater Triangle, all that stuff. And no, uh, we'll have to do this again. It was a great experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Hope hopefully everyone enjoyed it. I'm sure they did. It was just, it was just kind of like a couple bunch of people just hanging <laughs> out, having a good time talking about paranormal stuff. So you couldn't go wrong. That's and when you we'll always get into the be best stuff. You
3: some uh, some YouTube suggestions at some point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Just yeah. Reach out. I'll I'll answer all your questions. If awesome. Can, for sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And uh, for all the listeners, of course,
1: they want to come and find your work. Uh, they want to come and find you. Maybe even share some other Bridgewater uh, Triangle experiences that they've had in similar areas that you've researched. Uh, where can everybody come and find your pages at? And where can everybody come and contact you?
0: Absolutely. So my YouTube channel is Canadian Dutch Boys Studios. Um, everywhere else I'm exploring with Phil that's Phil with two L's exploring with Phil minus Twitter which is exploring underscore Phil for whatever reason exploring with Phil doesn't fit on Twitter it's the only one that doesn't work it's upsetting I don't know why but yeah exploring with Phil you can reach me anywhere TikTok Instagram all that stuff so yeah feel free to follow me subscribe obviously and I'll see you guys somewhere else in the Bridgewater Triangle awesome thank you so much Phil If you guys enjoyed the episode, don't forget to
1: leave a rating for the show on Spotify, or you guys can always leave a review for the show on iTunes. Uh, Any reviews that we get, of course, we're going to read out on the show, give you guys a shout out because we always got to show appreciation where appreciations do, of course. And uh, another great way to help the show grow, don't forget, you can always share this episode through word of mouth with a friend if you think that there's anybody that would particularly enjoy this episode or just the show in general. All you got to do is pass it along, send them an Instagram post, whatever. Get the word out there, and uh, we love you for doing so.
3: And like we always say, do all the internet things, follow us on social medias, shoot us an email, any suggestions for guests, topics, anything of that nature, we are all ears.
2: And as always, all this motherfucking shit's in the link tree in the show description.
1: I've been Shane. No, say, no Shane Squatch at the end.
3: <laughs> you're not. You're not Shane Squatch anymore.
1: Not at the end. That's that's the ongoing joke. I'm only Shane Squatch oh. in the beginning. At the end, I'm just playing Shane.
3: Okay. Well, I'm still gonna be Chris Jericho, Y2J, Orin Felix.
2: <laughs> and I'm Jenny. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and uh, don't forget, guys, to always, always stay bizarre. 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 Bizarre? Bizarre. <laughs>